So none of you have played Fate before, right? Correct. I have not. So this is actually uh, my favorite go-to system at the moment. And although Fate Core is actually the slightly more complicated version, I, I actually go for Fate Accelerated a little bit, which is even less rulesy. Fate is a great mashup of a story game and still having some nice technical crunch to it. So I find that it's usually a really good intro game into small books and indie style games for folks. If you have your character sheets out, then there's one thing we should chat through really quickly. So this being part-time gods of fate, these are actually slightly more complicated character sheets than a standard fate character sheet. You have both human skills and divine manifestations. So they're cool and interesting. Um, so skills, the way that those work is if you do something and the skill is added to it, then you would roll those four fudge dice, take the total, add the skill to it. And then manifestations are pretty much the same thing, but those are the things that in many cases as a divine being, you don't have to roll for those at all if you're trying to affect a human or something like that. It just happens because you're a god. So does that mean I can just throw lightning at normal people? It means you can just hit normal people with lightning. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I will say, in this setting, there is such a thing as, you know, like the veil from Vampire the Masquerade. Like part of your duty as a partial god is to try to prevent the rest of the standard human world from realizing that this other crazy world of magic exists. <laughs> okay, so no just blatant smiting. Understand. You could, but you do have to think of like, it's, we're in our own world and, um, you know, I haven't noticed any like crazy gods running around. So obviously they're doing a pretty good job disguising it. <laughs> On to part-time Gods of Fate specifically. So this is a game that was written by Encoded Designs. It's based on another game called Part-Time Gods from Eloy Lasanta Third Eye Games. It's the fate conversion of that game. It is very cool and I like it a lot. The basic setting is it's our everyday normal world, but there are certain humans who have been imbued with the spark of divinity. And the idea is that there's basically the source, which is the progenitor of all power in the universe. Nobody really knows what the source is, but it's basically the source of your divinity. It imbues objects and people and that kind of stuff. So basically as gods, you have this piece of spark inside of you and you're trying to prevent more of the source from leaking into the everyday world and affecting the normal people who live in it. <laughs> it's a very cool setting. There's uh, mythological beings, there's all sorts of park gods, there's all sorts of people who do know about the divine aspects running around in the world and people who don't. One thing that I will mention is all of you definitely have bonds with each other and you also have bonds with other people in the world and a certain place. So each of you has kind of a, a group of people that you can call on at any time during the game. So like Benjamin, you can always call on your brother. You can pull on your political career to say like, oh, well, I have a contact in such and such place, like not a big deal. So you can use those to help you as well as I can use them to hinder you. And you each also have a location that is specifically yours. It's actually kind of the, the centralized place that embodies what you are as a divine being. So Penelope, for example, Club Trinity, mm -hmm. that's your divine hub. That's the place where you gain what you need to keep being the goddess of liquor. That's the liquor. That's the liquor. It's the liquor talking. <laughs> so that's a place that is, it's actually imbued with parts of your divinity. For anyone who sort of can see this sort of thing, those places will show up as divine hubs in the city. And you can see other people's. You three are in a pantheon together. So what that means is that you are looking out for each other, you're protecting each other. If something needs to happen, you're one group 
of demigods that could go out and take care of, like, uh, trying to prevent the normal world from trying to, you know, figuring out whatever this is. So you guys do know each other well and uh, have been around for a while. And uh, from there, I'm going to let you kind of jump into some uh, introductions on the actual characters. Hopefully that kind of gave a pretty good idea of what the background of this uh, universe is. Neil, why don't we start with you just because you are first on my screen. Done. Okay. <laughs> I accept the logic. So... <laughs> I'm Neil, sometimes DM Neil, aka Joe Boniac, and I'm a part of the Dungeon Master's Block. And I will be playing Robert oh, Howell, no. the God of Hunger. I don't know how much I should give on my background, but seeing as how You're we fine. all know each other, and I know Penelope from Knights of Drinking, mm -hmm. you would probably know that I received my spark when someone essentially broke into my home and killed themselves in front of me. And I received the spark that way because they said they couldn't eat anymore as the god of hunger. And I ended up eating virtually everything in the house. And then the second time I did it, I ended up eating my wife and child. So I'm a little damaged in case you didn't already understand that. So kind of wandering, I try and use faith to believe that there's a place for me going forward or else why am I here and the terrible things I've done as well as being within the homeless community who I already plan on tapping for information. <laughs> what? I'm also super yoked out, I figured out, because I have a four box on my physical. Yeah, you are. Stack, yeah. So. And it's like has the dark bold around it. Yes. Yeah, dude. So I am I am ready to punch and be punched if, ne if need be <laughs> after someone throws lightning at random citizens. So I think that I think that'll yeah. do it for now and then we can get into the other stuff as we play. Cool. I have written down that you're basically chief from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. <laughs> but that's up to your own interpretation obviously. I like it. No, I like it. <laughs> All right, Phil, you are next on my screen. Amazing. Okay, so my name is Philip Mainprize. I am also with the Dungeon Master's Block. Generally, I go by DM Mainprize. But today I will be assuming the identity of Benjamin Lowe, the God of Storms. I'm pretty awesome, and everybody wants to hang out with me. I'm a silver-tongued senator, so I'm into politics, and I'm probably going to be the president one day, so vote low, 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I am the god of storms as well, so I was flying on a plane coming home from Congress and there was some kind of crazy god battle happening and my plane crashed and afterwards I found that I could wield lightning spears and do other fantastic things. So that's kind of how I got my powers. I know a couple other gods, but we'll see if they come into the story or not. I have a brother who's kind of a hack, but I love him anyways. <laughs> That's what we'll be dealing with today. So, Alex, tell me uh, who you're playing today and who you are. I am playing Colt Bastion, which seems to be very similar to a awesome musician from our time. But yeah, he was born Julian Martin to a wealthy family. His father was a successful governor. And it seems like his brother has a little bit of a jealousy concern since kind of living in Colt's shadow. He was part of the order, though he did leave it, although he's still bound to it. Looks like he has some differences with the order. That is something that he's still struggling with. What mm -hmm. else? Uh, what's the name of his band? His band is Choir of Angels. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any defining physical characteristics? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, perhaps something like having massive wings yeah. is quite a defining characteristic of his. I'd say so. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. What's um, that? They're a <laughs> the way that I play it is basically an at will if they're visible or not. Okay. Or you could just always be in cosplay. Right. Or it's like, yeah, no, it's just part of my look, right? <laughs> well, could I wrap the wings around me and just have like a thick duster or trench coat? Yes. Absolutely. That way I can dramatically bring them out if I ever need to. 100%. Like they're camouflaged Beautiful. so they don't exactly. even see exactly. with this. That's really exactly. cool. <laughs> like a, an elf cloak from Lord yes. of the Rings. Right. <laughs> Made out of your own feathers. All right. And Suzanne. I am Suzanne Wallace. I am a brand manager for Rule 20. But today I am Penelope Rivera, goddess of liquor. So I prefer to go by pen, by the way. I am the bartender at Club Trinity, which is pretty much the best place in town. If you want to have the world's best time, a god's time, you should all go there and imbibe as much as you please. So I always had an air of mystery surrounding my parentage. My mom, who was super cool, never really told me who my dad was. And it was this thing that I always knew she would tell me one day. And then one day out of the blue, my dad showed up, introduced himself as such, and then pretty much disappeared in a flash of light, transferred the spark to me, which is how I discovered my divinity. And then when I went home, my mother had mysteriously passed away. So there was some angst for a brief time, but I've gotten over it. I'm totally fine. I'm cool. Really all about enjoying life to the fullest and taking care of my sister, Pilar, who's very important to me and making sure that everybody's having a good time. Cool. And I think with that, we will jump right in. So where we're going to start this game is uh, Club Trinity. It is a Friday night and Club Trinity is hopping just like you like it. And of course it is, because it is the best place in town to get a drink. You've got a band going tonight. Like, who's playing tonight? Tonight we've got the God Stops playing. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're kind of like a funk, rock, punk mix. I don't know, there's a lot of thrashing going on on stage. I don't know, a lot of metal things. They don't really know what they are, but they're kind of a little bit of everything, but they're cool, they're cool. They're You'll cool, like yeah. And there are people, like, people are loving it because it's Club Trinity, right? And you yeah. always find the newest stuff and you know what's going on. So you're behind the bar, I'm assuming, unless you're going oh, yes. to be somewhere else. Okay. And they're on the stage playing, everybody's jumping, like there's people dancing, there's people drinking. It's great, it's Friday night. Friday nights are the best. Except for Saturday nights. Saturday nights are also the best. <laughs> Every night is the best. Every especially night. Especially if I'm bartending. Best. <laughs> I'm like doing crazy things with cocktails, throwing bottles up in the air and catching them and then putting them together into the glasses. It's pretty great. So something kind of strange happens. Over the resounding bass of the music, you actually can almost feel a little bit of a vibration that is out of time with that, that is coming at regular intervals, but it's not part of the music. And right as you're just starting to notice that, there is a gigantic crash. And the back wall behind the stage where the God Stops are performing, the bricks just come flying out of it and start scattering everywhere. The band kind of grinds to a halt, like looking around like what's going on. There is a giant hole in the back of your wall 
And standing in that hole is a very, very large being, muscle-bound. He's just wearing some kind of, like, loincloth thing. He's got kind of a, a cow face and giant horns coming out of his head. And he comes stomping through the wall, leaving a him-shaped hole in it. Um, the band oh, yeah. dives <laughs> off to the sides. Yeah, that's what just happened. <laughs> The band dives off the sides of the stage (laughs) as he crashes in. People stop dancing. They're staring. They're not sure if this is like part Part of the show show or if something really weird is happening. A couple of people start like going, huh, and like reaching for their cell phones. A couple of other people scream and start running the other way to the door. Whoa. I'm going to Indiana Jones leap over the bar one hand <laughs> yes, <laughs> and get on the other side and walk up right up to this gentleman and say, hey, there, okay, I'm going to deal with this problem in just a second. But first of all, are you going to be cool <laughs> or are you going to make trouble? He <laughs> starts ripping pieces of the stage. That's a off. no. <laughs> People, more people are screaming and Ah. running for the door now. (laughs) Okay, I see. What if I buy you a drink, sir? You're an Ike. He stops. He looks at you. (laughs) He's got a piece of your stage in each hand. People in the back are screaming and running. (laughs) I'm just going to put a caressing sort of hand on his shoulder and say, now look. Reaching way up. Yeah, reaching like. <laughs> way up. I like reach to the, my tippy toes to put a hand on his shoulder. I say, now look, man, you've just messed with my bar. Not really okay with that. But I got a lot of friends here. Got a lot of people here having a good time. I'm okay with making sure that you have a great time tonight if that's your goal. Let's say that you step over here to the bar, don't step on anyone, and have a shot with me. He kind of tosses the pieces of the stage over his shoulders and he uh, looks at you again for a moment. Here's what we're going to actually do is we're going to roll this as a social attack. So you can use whatever skill you want. I forgot about the actual game that we were playing. Yeah, sorry. Get him, Suzanne. Do I just roll all my dice? Yep, so you're going to roll, it should be four of them. Yeah. You have to tell it. Yep. Oh. So nothing, but you're also going to add whatever skill you feel would be appropriate. I think I'll use my uh, bartender with a bent ear ability, which is uses rapport. Yeah. I'll use yep. my, sorry, I'll use my rapport skill yep. to try to get what I want, which I believe gives me a plus four. It does. So you your dice canceled out, which ended up being nothing. So, but you get a four and he... <laughs> Yeah, so he got a minus one. He tosses the pieces of stage over his shoulders. The bar is actually pretty much everybody it's cleared out. Like, this is not so great. And you hear some sirens. Oh, dear. (laughs) So he stumps over to the bar and he collapses under one of the stools, which kind of bends a little bit underneath him as he sits down and he just puts his head on his fist and he says, I'm looking for this darn book and I can't find it and it should be here. Do you mind if I, um, just... And he gets up again and he he sticks his head into the hole he made in your stage and just, like, starts looking around under the stage, which is just filled with, like, old random stuff. I'm going to play along with him. Okay. But insist that he have a camaraderie drink with me before (laughs) he continue his search. Hey, look, man, I just met you, but I think we're going to be best friends. So I'm going to help you find this book and we're going to have... 
a glass. We're going to wrap our arms around and each drink a glass in celebration of this fact. Yes. Yeah. You know, Is that it's another roll? No, I'm not. You. He loves you. You're great. <laughs> and I'm, I should mention, I am going to make his drink as absolutely strong as I possibly can. Yeah. That's... So that my my intention is to make him fall down drunk. He's really big, so I'm not sure I can do that. But I'm gonna try to just make him smash down. <laughs> you did it to a kraken, right? <laughs> one time, that one yeah, time. that one time when you took out the kraken. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, all right, I'm just one. I mean, human alcohol doesn't usually really affect me very much, so whatever. Knocks it back. <laughs> yeah, this is my special brew. I think you might enjoy it. Uh, ooh, yeah, that's, ooh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. He's going to try to tip him over. <laughs> he kind of staggers backwards <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, I just, um, but I just need to look over, will you? You help me look yeah. over here? I actually think you need to walk all the way across the bar. Uh-huh. I think I saw something over there. Okay. Maybe look under some of the bar stools. Yeah. This sounds great. I think there might actually be something on the floor. You should check there. Check down on the floor. Okay. Like, <laughs> lie down and look between the floorboards. That'll help. <laughs> so he just he gets down on his hands and knees, and he's kind of just staring at the floor a little blurrily. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah, that'll yeah. help. He's it's stupid. I don't know why the preacher's making me do this stupid thing. It's just like this book. A stupid book. I don't know. It's like, whatever. I'm like, whatever. Are you looking it's... for a Bible? No, no, it's not. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like magic. Hmm. Make a mental note of that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you at this point, since your bar has just been cleared out and you do hear sirens coming, would you call any of the other folks in your pantheon? <laughs> that might be a good it's, idea. I mean, I, we can just keep going. I don't care. <laughs> Actually, I am. I think this is a good time for me to pull out my phone quickly and give a quick call to Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I actually call him on my phone or do we have a mental we probably connection? text <laughs> <laughs> just text him <laughs> we do text definitely text okay yeah yeah I, I put, pull up my phone and go hey Benji I might need some help right hey Benjamin you're out at a very classy VIP bar with a lovely lady named Maria would you like to describe her to us so Maria has shoulder length brown hair dazzling like gold and green eyes she's you know got the curves where they're needed and not where they aren't and i'd say that tonight she's wearing like a white dress that kind of only is like only one sleeve kind of situation uh, the other one is like one side is sleeveless and there's a lot of gold involved as well jewelry mm -hmm. most certainly i probably bought all of that yeah because i like to uh you know, make her feel very beautiful, but she's not technically who I'm married to. <laughs> so that's an issue as well. <laughs> yep. So you are sitting with Maria having a lovely evening, I'm assuming. She's definitely wearing some of your favorite things that you've bought her, and you get a text from Penn. <laughs> okay. I would read the text, and then I would be like, just one second, Maria, I gotta take this message. And I would text back and I would say, Pen, you know I prefer to not be called Benji. 
<laughs> I am out with my wife. Is this immediate that you would require my assistance? And then I would hit the send button. I receive Ben's text. <laughs> I do that thing where you start texting a thought and you hit send every like three words. <laughs> so yes. I go, look, send. Benzer, send. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. Send. But this guy showed up. Send. And he's like, a satyr, send, or something. Send. I think I need your help. Send. <laughs> like now. Send. <laughs> so there might be cops soon. Send. <laughs> I I will I receive those in the order they were sent because we're both using the same type of device. Um, <laughs> so which not is convenient flipped around at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you're communicating with members of your pantheon. So I say, okay, I will be there ASAP. And then I have the uh, the wait staff package up our meals. I have my driver take Maria home. And I exit through the back of the restaurant, and I believe that I can create a whirlwind so that I travel there a lot quicker than on foot. Boy, can you. (laughs) So that's going to be my preferred means of travel is via whirlwind. Because I want to get there before the cops do, obviously. Yes. So I'm going to leave you there for one second. Robert. Yes. You're hanging out in the alleyways tonight, and there seem to be a lot more cop sirens going on than is normal for a Friday night. Like, there's usually some, right? You usually hear them, but, like, there's a lot more. And then there's sort of a crazy amount of people moving quickly, looking scared, and they're headed away from the direction that you know very well as Club Trinity, because, you know, Penn will feed you extra stuff that's left over at the end of the day if you go to the back door and stuff so that you don't scare away the clientele. <laughs> Be, being a giant individual and kind of homeless. And, yeah, and always hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Did you eat another patron again? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the only reason you're not allowed to go to the front door, is just because, you know. Yeah. It might go south at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so you said I realize they're coming away from that area. Definitely looks like they're coming from Club Trinity. You, some of those people you even recognize as regulars. Yeah. One of them is running down the street going, I think I just took a picture of a minotaur. What is going on? And he's got his phone out and he's like running. I'm going to run deeper back into the alley and hopefully to a place that no one can see me and leverage the fact that apparently I can teleport near any restaurant. You, you can. So awesome. That is my preferred method <laughs> best to skill get ever there. i need yeah. that in real life yeah. i would get tacos like instantly all yeah. the time but then you'd have to get back some well i guess you could teleport back to a restaurant close to your home but yeah, everything i did would just be vectors away from the taco place <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome so do we know what restaurant is closest does it qualify that there's a restaurant inside the club or? you know i think it's probably fair to say since the club probably serves little they serve onion rings yeah they have they must have some nibbles and sliders. And like these uh bacon baskets it's just a basket of bacon <laughs> it's really but it's, good. A, it's literally it's a basket club trinity <laughs> yeah a basket made of bacon that's the key though well the basket is made of pretzel and then there's <laughs> bacon inside done just strips of bacon yeah so then i will instantly appear at club trinity Fantastic. So you appear right as you notice a whirlwind. 
um, also appearing. And we'll just say that both of you guys show up in the actual bar. So you're not in the midst of these fleeing people. So Club Trinity is now pretty much empty. There's hordes of crowd scared people running outside. You see the flashing lights from approaching cop cars. At this point, there's sort of a really drunk looking giant cow person on the floor mumbling to himself. There's a giant cow person shaped hole in the back wall and there are bits of stage debris and like bricks from the back wall just scattered everywhere as you come in. Penn is just standing here looking at this giant individual. I am at this point sitting on his back. Yes. <laughs> Not that I could really keep him down. It's more just like it was no. the closest chair. Yeah. <laughs> and I think because I'm on very good terms with the rest of the wait staff at Club Trinity because they're, they're my buds. They're my peeps. Yeah. Um, I think I managed to rally them. They're all keeping a pretty safe radius from this dude, but they're sure. helping pick up some debris in the background. Right. There was a lot of like dropped glass. People dropped their drinks as they started running and that kind of thing. So somebody's sweeping and, and somebody's, you know, writing some bar stools and that kind of thing from this mass exodus. There's a little grumbling and like mentioning of overtime, but yeah. yeah. Yep. Holiday yeah. Days. Workers comp. <laughs> <laughs> All and of it. She's sitting on this giant cow person who's sort of like making little circles on the floor with his hand. He's just drawing little circles and mumbling things about a magic book and how he doesn't get paid enough to do this and it would be really nice to have health care and it's all just dumb anyway and we're never going to find it. <laughs> He's having a bad night. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that Pin has nicknames for Benjamin and I would then assume that you have nicknames for me, but I'd love it if both Benjamin and I refer to each other as our full name. Every single time. <laughs> and you constantly have new nicknames for us. To our utter frustration. <laughs> Best idea board. ever. Robert Howell. Yeah. <laughs> the entire name. Benjamin Lowe. So I'm going to, you know, dismount my whirlwind and mm-hmm. step in this uh, cow-sized hole. Yeah. And I'm going to say, Pen. I see it's, uh, you know, a standard Friday night for you. The cops are going to be here any minute. So <laughs> I'm going to go outside and see if I can talk them down and get them to leave. Because we don't want them to know that you have a minotaur in here. And it's a minotaur, not a satyr. I thought we had discussed the different types <laughs> of creatures that we're going to be interacting with these days. I mean, he's got horns. <laughs> I, okay, I can see where the confusion could happen. So I'm going to be out there. Dude, have, I'm not like a bestiary, you know? You know uh, that makes sense. Have Robert Howell uh, assist you in maybe getting this guy out the back door. I'm going to go deal with the cops. And I'm going to hop out the cow-sized hole and head to the street. Yep, and right as you get to the edge of the street, first cop car pulls up. You probably know this person working at City Hall, considering that the local police department is pretty much attached to the building. Uh, who is it? This would be Sergeant Jimmy Jack. That's going to be his name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is why I make other people name. His, his, his real name is John, but everybody calls him Jimmy, and his last name is Jack. <laughs> cool. So just Jimmy Jack. Jimmy Jack. Yeah, so Jimmy Jack, he pops out of the car. You know, he's uh, he's one of those cops that he's been in this business for a long time, and he's not actually used to getting this kind of call on Club Trinity because Penn is usually pretty good at, like, keeping things reasonable, like crazy, but not crazy. So he hops out. He's kind of surprised to see you there. Um, Oh, uh, Senator Lowe. How's it going there, Jimmy Jack? 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see you here. You know, we just got some calls about like a weird giant crushing through the back of a Club giant? Trinity. Yeah, like a, I don't know. People were telling us some crazy things. I, it looks like, you know, I, I got a couple more guys coming up behind me. We're going to go take a look, make sure everything's okay. Do you know if, you know, were you there? Were you like, wait a minute. Do you go to Club Trinity too? <laughs> I was next door and there was a loud crash in the alleyway, but I think what happened was uh, just some like scaffolding fell over and may have damaged the back wall of Club Trinity. Probably really nothing to be concerned with. She's already contacted a uh, contractor guy to come and kind of assess the damage. You can, you know, you can just head back out and maybe attempt to fight some actual crime. You know, you've been doing this a long time, Jimmy Jack, but I noticed you haven't yet, you know, made detective. I could pull some strings for you if you were able to just, you know, carry on with your duties of protecting citizens. And I think I maybe that I should roll something. Yes, you definitely <laughs> because should. Because I have great rapport. Yeah, and rapport is what I would roll. <laughs> My rapport is up there with some of the greatest. Roll. Perfect. <laughs> Ew. So that's a zero. That's fine. No problem, because that, for you, still ends up being a plus four. because right? I insulted him about not being detective. Yeah, you did. He's kind of taken aback for a moment by that part, and then he's like, you know, man, it's, I just... I'm off duty in like 10 minutes and I really just want to get home tonight. So, um, I hear you. There's no reason to file any kind of paperwork about this. Yeah. Let me, so I'll talk to the other guys. It's just, you know, we just need to make sure that, uh, you know, the building is in secure shape for the evening. I like, I can't leave anybody here. Is that going to be a problem? Do we need to follow up with anything for, is there a hole in the back wall? That's what I was hearing. There, I mean, there is some some slight structural damage, um, <laughs> but I don't think that the building is in any harm or risk of falling down. They're cleaning it up right now, and I think they're going to obviously be shut down till it's probably repaired. If you want right. to, maybe we could. I could walk you back there and show you the hole, but I don't think we want to get any more people inside because they're trying to clean up. Yeah, okay. Do you, uh, you need us to post someone here to watch that until uh, till we can get that hole closed up? I mean, you could leave a guy in a, a squad car out here on the street just to make sure nobody comes down the alley. That would, wouldn't be a, too bad of a precaution to take. Right, yeah. Okay, let me talk to my guys. Great, Jimmy, thanks. <laughs> he turns around, he talks to the other guys, get out of the cars, there's a couple more cops. They have a conversation. Two of them hop back. Jimmy Jack and, and one of the other guys hop into their cars and take off again. The other guy hangs out to kind of keep an eye on things and make sure that nothing goes bad. Perfect. Cool. You got that. Yeah, what's going on inside the club while this is happening? Well, yeah, as he had mentioned, I'm assuming that I need to remove the Minotaur from the current situation. Yeah. <laughs> which there's a really two ways this can go. One, I'm going to start attempting to do that. And just kind of being like, hey, buddy, yeah, we, we, we got to get out of here. We can look for your book or whatever later, but we, we got to get this moving. And if the Minotaur is amenable, I will use physique to move them. If they are not, I will use fight to move them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think at this point, he's pretty amenable. <laughs> he's just a giant blob of drunk Minotaur. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I'm not going to roll opposed to you on that. He's just really heavy, so let's roll it as an overcome, and I will just set the difficulty at, like, two. Okay, well, then I'm, I matched it. Cool. Okay, so on a tie, um, you have options. You can either just be like, meh, 
don't care. Or you can succeed with a minor consequence. So some part you can just totally succeed and then something may make things a little bit more difficult for you. Or I should have said this, we forgot to do fate points at the beginning of the game. I'm terrible. Hang oh, on a no. second. <laughs> I have no points to spend. I know, it wouldn't have made a difference, I don't think. Anyway, so let's see really quickly on your sheet somewhere. There's a place where it should say refresh. Mm -hmm. That is how many fate points you should be starting with right now. And it's probably one, two, or three. Two. Oh, yeah. two. There, right in the center. Two. Got it. So the other option is if you wanted to, you could throw a fate point at that and add two to that roll. I don't find that as interesting, so I will happily go with succeeding and taking a consequence. Cool. And this doesn't count against your actual, like, stress and consequences. Consequences. Yeah. You know, we're making something a little bit more difficult. Cool. So you, you get him up, and he's, uh, he's mumbling. He's still mumbling about healthcare and, you know, his <laughs> book. He's got to find the book. And uh, so you, you kind of steer him back out the giant hole in the back wall. The slightly tricky thing is you do have a cop outside now watching the alley to make sure that nothing untoward happens with that hole, like that Club Trinity doesn't get robbed until they can get it repaired. What I'm going to do is just see if he notices anything strange about <laughs> what's going on out front here. We'll just see how it does. A huge guy carrying an even larger guy out of a hole. Shaped like the larger Yeah, guy. no. He's like listening to the radio, <laughs> texting oh, his man. wife. So you're good. But hey, there you go. He's on a uh, roll 20 inside of his cop car. Yeah. 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 Like, on his tablet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on his tablet. Playing a game with his friends across the world. <laughs> Fantastic. So that didn't end up actually getting you at all, which is good. Awesome. So you kind of get him outside. The night air hits him. He seems like he might be able to kind of walk a little bit on his own. And he, he just... Like, I know. Hey, guy, I'm just going to go. I'm just... I'm going to go back to the warehouse. Because that's what I'm going to do. And this is going to find a place to sleep. And I'll come find the book. Like, later. Okay. Is Benjamin low within earshot of this? Uh, sure. Okay, I think I would like to approach him and, and say, Hey, friend, tell me about, A, your issues with healthcare, because I'm currently running for the presidency. <laughs> and B, um, tell me more about this warehouse, because I'm interested in housing crisis as well. Yeah, if this is where you're staying, that concerns me. Well, it's not like really a house. It's just like this place that like... We've been looking for this stupid book for so long, and, uh... Actually, go ahead and roll a rapport for me. Great. While he's doing that, I will start moving back to the inside and working with Pin on making things look less like a minotaur went through the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. And I'm, I'm helping my crew sweep up everything and trying to... Promising everybody a couple... Nights of free drinks for all employees helping out. You can come and, and have fun with your bring your friends. We'll have a, a little staff party. It'll be good. What's your explanation to your coworkers about this Minotaur? Uh, Animatronic suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. From He works at Freddy's at this place called Freddy's. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think my explanation is like, guys, uh, I think this guy's on PCP. I've heard that there are, like, new side effects that, that make you, like, <laughs> grow antlers for a short period of time. It's all part of the 
the new wave of plastic surgery facial augmentation stuff it's a weird don't get into it guys it's not it's not cool it's not hot like that's not that's not sexy come on come on (laughs) so i'm gonna have you go ahead and roll report for that as well okay (laughs) to make sure they buy that and i'll just set a difficulty of uh two on that one okay i do not make that oh but with my rapport i do okay cool so yeah i think they're all they're like that's super (laughs) weird That's like super weird. Well, it's a tie. So yeah, they totally believe you, but they're still freaked out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think as Robert comes back in through the cow-shaped hole, mm-hmm. I want to yell over to him of, you know, hey, munchies, what uh, what's that guy doing? Is he gone? Is he okay? Is he going to be all right? Um, that's Benjamin's problem now. I will start working on something to make it so that you don't have a new door on Club Trinity. And I will actually use my crafts skill because I have that. Awesome. And I have to assume that being a mechanic, it's not like arts and crafts, but it might be. So no, no. I, just, I just bedazzle the general area. <laughs> Very good like paper mache. Uh, <laughs> might depend on what you roll. <laughs> True. So I will... Try that right now and hope for the best. That's probably just a plus one that you need to beat. Okay, well, I have a total of four. Yeah, yeah. So you take some of the pieces of the stage that were just cracked and broken off and start using those to basically create a a temporary fill-in. It's pretty good. Like, it can last however long it needs to, and then you can come back later and make it look better. You know, as a side bonus thing, some of the pieces that are too small to use, you can just eat them on the slide. Like, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite part of my entire character sheet. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to be this guy. The bottom (laughs) says dumpster stomach. Dumpster stomach. (laughs) Yep. You can eat anything. Yes. Literally anything. And then even if it's poison or toxin, I get a plus two advantage to resist those. Yep. I think I'm slightly fascinated by this. And I keep like putting shards of glass and other (laughs) debris. I offering it to Robert saying, hey, do you want to eat this? I mean, this is useless. Do you, do you want to eat this? And then like waiting, watching as it goes down and being like, huh, all right, you ate it. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. We should use you at parties, man. This could be like a cool party mm. trick. <laughs> I bet I can eat this uranium. <laughs> oh. He's got a plus two. I know, He'll but... Cool. So outside the club, uh, Benjamin, you're having a very friendly conversation with this Minotaur. Uh, you know, I just, there's no health care. No health care. And this line of business, where I'm like going around and like ripping apart buildings and like beating people up. It just seems like it would be a high risk job. Like I should have insurance, you know, like. I completely agree. Yeah. You seem like a good guy. What did you say your name was again? My name's Benjamin. Benjamin Lowe. You know, Vote Lowe 2016. You may have seen the signs. Right. No, you know, I'm, I'm actually kind of new to this town. We just got here. So it's all good, man. And he, like, giant hand, like, gently taps your shoulder. I'm just going to go sleep it off. That okay. sounds like a really wise idea. Um, I didn't catch your name. It's, uh, it's, uh, Blixby. Blixby? Yeah. And you said you were headed to a warehouse. Why don't you tell me where that is and I can 
I can have somebody, I can have my driver take you there. Uh, that's okay. I should just walk, because if he knows I'm drunk, he's going to be really angry, okay? Is this is this your father or your, like, your legal guardian? No, it's the boss. The big boss? Yeah, he has to preach. Okay, well, let me tell you something, bud. You take care of yourself now. Thanks, man. If I'm, if I'm still here, you're going to get my vote. Absolutely. Do I get to vote? Is that a human thing? You know, I don't even know. I think that really all sentient beings, whether they're, you know, legal, illegal, whether they're, you know, regardless of race, creed, gender, or species even, should be allowed to vote. That's part of my, that's something that I believe in wholeheartedly as, you know, as an American, as a human, and as like just a, a person alive in the cosmos. So I'll fight for your rights, Blixby. Don't you worry about it. Yeah, thanks, man. You're pretty cool. You're cool too. Now you you be safe. Okay, th thanks. I'm gonna turn and head back to the bar. <laughs> he staggers off down the street. <laughs> Benjamin, as you walk into the bar, right as you walk in, there's a flash of red light in the center of Club Trinity, and it is not your lighting. In fact, directly following the flash of red light, there appears to be a holograph of a sort of very indeterminately aged, vaguely male kind of and, you know, asexualish figure in a red cloak, kind of doing the Star Wars holograph thing a little bit, has just appeared in the center of your floor. Hey, man, we're kind of closed. What's going on? We are looking for the book. Uh, this is a bar. We have booze. You looking for booze? No. Similar spelling. It has most of the same letters. <laughs> I know that Blixby was here, so this must be one of the places that has the aura. If you want us to not tear the rest of the city apart, you must bring me the book by tomorrow night. Huh. Okay, man, that's, uh, that's a bit of a tall order on such short notice. I, uh, can you give us a little more information? It's... The Book of All Souls, I'm sure that as demigods yourselves, you will recognize it when you find it. We know that it's in this city, and we will not leave until we have it. I will give you 24 hours before I start ripping every building in this city to shreds to find it. Can I challenge you to give us 36 hours? We're somewhat new to the scene, and I know that these things are kind of tracked by some type of aura. You yourself admitted this, but I think just a little more time as a show of good faith. Wouldn't be too much to ask. Cool. You want to roll some uh, yes. rapport on that? <laughs> Blast. Zero again. Roll to zero. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. I tried. I would like to get up really close to this holographic image and put my face up near where his not entirely discernible face is and say, mm -hmm. hey, hey, we'll, we're going to help you out. It's going to be okay. You gotta tell me what this is all about. I can keep a secret. I got this. <laughs> and I'm, I would like to spend a fate point to use my bartender with the bent ear aspect, or my gentle soul aspect, which is a stunt to try to make somebody give up a secret. Oh, nice. yeah. I think that's how it works. Go for it. Yeah. So I use my rapport. Mm -hmm. Is it plus six then? Yes. I was going to say, Benjamin, you probably succeeded in getting a little bit more time there as well. Sweet. 
So I roll a total of seven. Whoo! <laughs> Big time. Cool, yeah. So first he's looking at Benjamin and he, he says, we could wait 30. I'll take it. Then he looks at you, Pen, and he says, we must find the Book of All Souls. So the figure leans down to you, Pen, and says, the Book of All Souls will allow us to release the source in its entirety into this world. And I must have it. Whoa, now. That's not a good thing. Oh, I just back slowly away like, okay. (laughs) Then I'm just going to turn around and go talk to my friends and we'll get back to you. In 30 hours, we'll expect you at the warehouse in the 12th district. All right. If you are not there, then I will continue to send out more minions and we will rip the city to the ground as I know the book is here somewhere. Hey, man. There's no reason to get fussed. We're all going to be good. We've got this. We're all friends here. Come on. This is a safe place. So then as you're saying that, he just shimmers out of existence. Fiddlesticks. Thank you for listening to part one of The Coming of the Preacher. Can our part-time gods save the mortal home? Will they find the book in time? And if they do, what will they decide to do with it? 